Hallelujah. <clears throat> let's, let's go back, and, and anybody know what we're uh, ministering on? Navigating peace in turbulent times. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I usually send Ty my scriptures like 3 o'clock in the morning on Sunday mornings. And uh, I said, who are using the same scriptures? I haven't gotten through the first notes yet because God keeps on adding stuff. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But we're going to go back and uh, look at our uh, very important foundation scripture, John 16, 33, the Passion Translation, because I've been trying to get this in you because what we're going to deal with later on, uh, you can overcome those situations, those obstacles by knowing who you are in Christ and applying the word of God. Amen? And uh, the words of Jesus, he simply said this, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace that, that which is in me, how many of you know Jesus was full of peace? Glory to God. He was sleeping through a storm in the boat, and the disciples woke him up, amen? And he rebuked the wind and the waves. Hallelujah. But uh, he said, the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about Hebrews chapter 4, that the children of Israel uh, did not believe God, did not act upon what God had told them about going to the promised land. They were habitual complainers. And let me tell you this, if you are an habitual complainer, you're not going to have peace in your heart. Because you're planting seeds, amen? Hallelujah. And none of us are perfect. And hopefully you have somebody that, that, that's in your household that will, will correct you. I know that my daughter corrects me and my wife corrects me when I get over into negativity. And don't you, come on, don't be so holy you think you never do. <laughs> come on now, hallelujah. But it's good to have somebody, amen, that will tell us, stop complaining. And there's a lot of things to complain about, isn't there? In the natural, come on. But maybe we should be declaring, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. That will cover a lot of things. It'll cover, you know, not getting upset when you fill your gas tank up. And other things. How many of you know the gas is going up a little bit at a time? Hallelujah. Praise God. But God, mm hmm. Listen, if he has to sell one of the cattle on a thousand hills to fill your gas tank up, he will. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be like the one group of people. They put water in their gas tank and prayed over it. Well, Jesus turned the water into wine. Why can't he turn water into gas? Amen? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've heard testimonies where, you know, things have happened like that. But, you know, there's, there's foolishness. Amen? I believe God can do anything. He could turn your water into gas if, if that needed to be done. All right, he's done miracles like that before. No problem whatsoever. And, uh, but don't be foolish. Just believe God. Just thank God that you have the finances 
Uh, we filled our oil tank up this week, and that was a step of faith. In your house. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. But see, all of these things, it says, these are turbulent times. And generations in the past have has lived through turbulent times. Come on now. But we can overcome because we can rest in the confidence that Jesus in him is peace and he's given me his peace and rest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's skip down to 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord himself, the Lord of peace, pour into you his peace. Again, the apostle Paul is saying, repeating what Jesus had said in John 16.33. Okay. Peace in every circumstance and in every possible way. Hallelujah. So that, in, that says to me that it's possible for we who are Christians, born again, to have nothing but peace in our life. Amen? Far from oppression, the Old, Cust- Old Testament says. Oppression will be far from us. We need to make that confession. Glory to God. Because I have the peace of Jesus in here. Hallelujah. And then it, he ends up, the Lord's tangible presence be with you all. And uh, we've, we said that Satan's number one job is to mess up our peace, okay, to get us over into the feeling realm, all right, being controlled by our feelings, by our emotions. Uh, some reasons for so much discouragement, so much negative, so much oppression and depression, even in the house of God, is the things that we have been relegated to in in, in this generation, in this time, uh, our children think they, for the most part, you know, they they have the cell phones, they have the computers, they have the video games and all that kind of stuff. But to society, it's caused some problems. It really has. One man wrote this, God never designed us for a sedentary indoor lifestyle. He never did design us for socially isolated, fast food, come on, sleep deprived, a frenzy pace of modern life. We weren't designed to do that. Amen. I was listening to a news commentator this week, and, and they were saying that, that kids in elementary school now don't know how to play tag. Because, they, they, you know, they've been indoors playing video games and so on and so forth. So uh, a lot of times when, when, when they, you know, in school or, you know, something, they, they have a game of tag. They, they don't know how hard to, to hit somebody, so they end up punching somebody or not hitting them hard enough or all kinds. They, they just don't know how to interact with, with this kind of stuff. It's amazing. Everything's done online. Job applications, Everything. And so that's why church is so important. Amen? 
That's why the body of Christ is, is so important for us to uh, keep our sanity. I want to read this to you. I, I didn't intend to read this, but I thought it was good because we came out of 2020 where uh, a lot of churches closed up. We did for a, a short amount of time. And, and, but I, I like this, uh, what this man says. As church attendance numbers fade across the nation and online services become very convenient, it's important to remember why church attendance for you and your family matters so much. You can't serve from your sofa. You can't have community of faith on your sofa. You can't experience the power of a room full of believers worshiping together on your sofa. Christians are not consumers. We are contributors. We don't watch, we engage. We give, we sacrifice, we encourage, we pray by laying hands on the hurting, and we do life together. Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah. So that's, that's basically how we can stay strong and uh, being with each other. So things are reshaping and transforming our life without even knowing, uh, you know, some of us that, that have grown up in, in, in different times, we understand, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, we'd be able to play outside till the lights went off and we'd just come in, eat supper, and we'd have to worry about getting stolen and all this kind of, you know, all just junk nowadays. It, it's really terrible that, that we have the society that we live in, okay? So <clears throat> there's things that are reshaping and transforming our, our brains, and those things are cell phone and social media use, lack of identity and purpose, inability to possess, to process pain. So therefore, turn to alcohol. We turned, uh, you know, where Donna takes her music lessons every week, they, they put in this humongous liquor store. I mean, just, you know, they had the grand opening last week. And everybody, I, I thought, man, I need to go in and see what this is all about. No, just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see people just carrying out loads and loads of alcohol and, and we're consuming and things like that. And, and so, uh, and, and, the disp- and, and the pot dispensaries uh, come, and the marijuana dispensaries and everything on almost on every corner now. Uh, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible. You know, sometimes we, d- we drive through our town and Pastor Judy, I wouldn't know what pot smelled like because I never did it. Okay. <laughs> so we'd be driving home and Pastor Judy, hmm, I smell marijuana. I smell pot. Well, why not? It's on every corner and in between. Hallelujah. Can you get high on just smelling it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, the society that we live in is so easy to, to go somewhere else to find relief from all the junk that's going on around us. All right? Hallelujah. So uh, because of all of this, there's been an upscale in suicide. There really has. Number one epidemic right now 
in this nation is suicide. One million people <clears throat> worldwide, 40,000 in America every day, and it's the number one killer among kids 15 to 24 years of age. Think about that, suicide. They've done all that they can do to cope, alcohol, drugs, whatever, and nothing will fix the problem. And let me tell you, nothing will fix the problem but Jesus. Jesus is the only answer for the world today. One man said suicide is a permanent, irreversible attempt to solve a temporary problem. Think about that. Hmm. The Bible says weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Let's look at some people in the Bible. Let's look at Brother Jeremiah. How many of you know about Jeremiah? This is what Jeremiah said, and we're going to break down some things about Jeremiah in a few moments. But in Lamentations, and listen, there's some books of the Bible that I don't like to read. Leviticus is one of them. Lamentations is one of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, look at this. Peace has been stripped away from me. Now, he's a prophet of God. Peace has been stripped away from me. I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out. My splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. <laughs> the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Isn't that an encouraging word from the Bible? Hallelujah. But here's a prophet of God, a man that God had used to speak forth words from him to the nation. And he found himself in this predicament. Old covenant, of course. He was not born again, was not spirit-filled. But here we, we have the apostle Paul. And you might be saying, hey, if, if these powerful God men have this problem where do I fit in? Oh, we're going to tell you in a moment. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, the Apostle Paul. He says, brothers and sisters, you need to know about the severe trials that we experienced. It's something that we don't, we kind of have a thing we don't want to tell anybody about what we've experienced. But we're on the other side, Amen. That's why the Apostle Paul could say this. He wanted people to know that he was human like everybody else. Amen? But there was an end. There was the other side. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, you need to know about the severe trials we experienced while we were in western Turkey. All of the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure. And we were so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. Wow. 
the great apostle Paul, we were about, say he was about. Didn't say he did. Amen? There's a point in our life that we can get to a certain point that we say, no more. All this junk. I mean, Jesus said in this world we'll have tribulation. But if the devil can pressure us into the place of breaking, that's what he's trying to do. Get you to a place of breaking. To give up. To say, what is the use to serve God? Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job said, I'm going to do that. Job, we don't always agree that God doesn't slay you, but, but Job made a point. He said, even though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Wow. Glory to God. Say this with me. God is a good God all the time. Now, the enemy can pressure you into the place of thinking that there's no tomorrow, there's no future, there's no hope for your family, for your kids, for anything else. A lot of you believe in God for your children to be saved, and it seems like they do nothing but get worse. Turn them over to God. Rejoice in the fact that they're in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just go to guns and hang them over hell by a spider web. Let them feel the heat. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is able to do things that you can't do. Let's look at Elijah real quick. First Kings chapter 18. I'm not going to read the whole story. But Elijah had, uh, had a contest with the 400 prophets of Baal. You know that story. Many of you know that. And uh, 400 against one. That doesn't seem reasonable, does it? 400 against one. But anyway, guess who won? Elijah. He called on the God. Hallelujah. The only one God. Glory to God. And 400 prophets of Baal could not do what Jehovah God did. Hallelujah. And 400 prophets of Baal was killed. Now, the funny thing is, that we see here that Elijah, the mighty prophet of God, had won a tremendous battle. You know, he could go home and say, hey, man, that was cool. Right? I just, mm, I just seen, I just, 400 prophets of the enemy has been consumed. You know, I don't know if he's full of pride a little bit or whatever. But, <laughs> but then there was a woman called Jezebel. And she was pretty upset when she found out that her 400 prophets had been executed with the sword. And so Jezebel sent out a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Threatening. Threatening. In other words, Elijah, I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. 
Now, the funny thing is that when he heard this, now he'd just seen 400, I mean, prophets of Baal killed. And now he's running from a woman. He begins to get up. <laughs> and he arose and he ran for his life. Ran for his life. <laughs> and the Bible says he sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Great prophet. God just killed me. Just killed me. <laughs> he said this, it is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. How many of you know that he was in a state of depression? Right? He had been moved by emotions. And what I'm saying to you this morning, if, if the enemy can catch you off guard in a weak moment, or pile something upon something that you, you're dealing with and it overwhelms you, you need to know not to keep going the way of your emotions but run to the cross. Because in the cross, there is deliverance. In the cross, there is freedom. Come unto me, all the ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Amen. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 see, says this, Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Powerful, isn't it, huh? So let's go back to Jeremiah just a moment. And let's look at some of the lessons we can learn from Jeremiah. Number one, Jeremiah had faulty thinking. Faulty thinking. Where is our thinking? In other words, rehearsing all the bad and listening to the lies of the devil. Do you know what rehearsing all the bad? Come on, all of you have done that. Huh? Just over and over, rehearsing over what happened, what might happen. And the enemy is good at painting a colored picture and adding feelings to that of what could be coming down the pike. All right? So that's why that he said, Peter said, be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours. Who's your enemy? Not the person next to you. The devil is your enemy. You don't have to point each other out, okay? We. LOL. <laughs> LOL. Siri gets in, butts in the funniest times, doesn't she? <laughs> I guess she wants us to laugh a little bit. Hallelujah. LOL. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. If Siri's listening to my message, maybe she'll get saved. (laughs) 
casting down arguments. Casting down. What does it mean casting down? Throw out. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the peace that God has given you. Amen? Bringing every thought into captivity. In other words, arresting every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why we need to know the scripture. Right? That's why we always need to go over to, like Jesus did, it is written. It is written. If there's an area that is plaguing you, whatever, you need to find a scripture, and it's easy to do. All right? You can even ask, you know who? I'm not going to say her name because she'll come on and tell me. (laughs) All right? (laughs) For peace scriptures, or financial scriptures, or, or healing scriptures, or whatever. It's so easy now. Last, you know, I got out my real Bible last week, and, and I didn't have my cell phone on me, so I was wanting to look up a particular scripture. So we had in the back of your Bible what we call the concordance. And I tried to find a, a crazy scripture using that concordance. And you know what? I looked up all the words that I was looking for, and I could not find it. So I got my phone and asked, you know who? And within a second, came up with all kinds of translations. (laughs) Hallelujah. Things are much queer. Some things are good, all right? The technology. Amen. It's very helpful. All right, so bringing every thought into captivity to what we know the word says. God's word will always supersede, right, what the devil is trying to put in your mind. Amen? God's word is forever, say forever, settled in heaven. You can count on it. Amen? Another scripture says he hastens his word. Or he watches over his word to perform it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on. This is the Passion Translation. What are our thoughts to be continually fixed on? All that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind, he says, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Fasten your thoughts. Glory to God. Just connect your thoughts to every work. The glory. Go back to the times when you thought you were defeated and God came through to you, for you. Hallelujah. Because if he fixed it one time, he can fix it again. Hallelujah. If he healed you one time, he can heal you again. If he brought a financial miracle to you one time, he can do it again. Hallelujah. If he can get out, you out of depression one time, he can do it again. Hallelujah. He's a do-it-again God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory. So, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him Sometimes, always, 
Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of what? Peace will be with you in all things. The God of peace will be with you in all things. So we know that although the Apostle Paul was going through different things to the point where they said they could almost give up, did he? No. He did not give up at all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He did not give up. Amen. So another thing that we see in Jeremiah's life was isolation. He withdrew himself. Don't want to be in connect group. Don't want to come to church. Because somebody will always be trying to minister. Well, you need to be ministered to. Come on now. I don't want anybody to see or know what I'm going through. Well, share one another's burdens and pray for one another that you might be healed. We shared that in another message. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a great possibility that even though the enemy's messing with you, that there's somebody else that you can connect to that's strong in the Lord and that they can hold you up during that season that you're going through. But you can't go out there and be a lone ranger and try to fix it yourself because all you're going to do is get beat up, get beat up, get beat up. All right? You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Two is better than one. Number three, Elijah, or Jeremiah, rather, who was led by feelings. Led by feelings. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 32, the truth will make you free. God loves you. We cannot be moved by feelings. And feelings is very powerful in our soulish realm. I mean, it could totally derail us with our emotions. How many of you have been hurt so bad before, and I know you have in some degree or another, relationships or whatever, that it affected you physically and every other way? That's what the enemy is trying to get you to. That's where he wants to get, move you to. I'm not saying that we have to be emotionless. God has given us emotions. But we have to align our emotions with the word of God. There are churches that you go in and there's no emotion. Bless God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm so happy. (laughs) How many of you have been to that church? Come on. All right. (laughs) So we need emotions. The Lord said to worship him with all our heart, our soul, and our might, everything that's on the inside of us. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 
But we cannot allow the enemy to push us over into negative emotions. We, how do we overcome a negative emotion? Hmm? By the word and by acting on the word. You can open your Bible and, 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 and say, oh, that's, that's a good word, Lord. That's a, that's a good word. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4 said they not enter in because they did not mix action with their faith. James does the same thing. So what does that mean? You shout when you don't feel like it. You laugh when you don't feel like it. Amen. You stir yourself up. Amen. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord. So let me say that again. The joy of the Lord. It doesn't say your joy, does it? Because you might not have joy. The kingdom of heaven is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You have joy unspeakable and full of glory on the inside of you that you can bring out, hallelujah, and it doesn't have to be about you. Joy is on the inside of you. Peace is on the inside of you. Happiness is on the inside of you, hallelujah. Overcoming is on the inside of you. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I'm running out of time. <laughs> so let, let's go to the last scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. This is the Apostle Paul on the other side of all the trial and tribulation. It says, no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outward person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. So we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus, now, now look at this, we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hallelujah. Amen. One, one translates subject to change. Temporary. The thing that you're going through right now will change. If you will put the word on it, it will change. It's got to. Amen? If we will obey Mark eleven twenty three, 23, if you speak to the mountain, it shall obey you. Amen? Jeremiah didn't have Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Hallelujah. Elijah didn't have Mark eleven twenty three and 24. They didn't have what we have. They didn't know what we know. They prophetically spoke of the days of Jesus and, and the end times and so on and so forth, but they didn't, have, they didn't live in the reality of being born again, of having the life and the nature of God on the inside of them so we can overcome anything and everything that the enemy tries to bring against us. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 60, I just want to read this, okay? 
the Amplified Bible. Verse one, arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Hmm, think about that. Arise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen? He was for speaking of the time that we're living in right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Arise and shine. Come on, arise, people. Come on, shine. Let the depression bow itself in front of you. No more. <coughs> no more in Jesus' name. No more. No more. And those of you that have been fighting things like that, command it to go. It doesn't belong to you. The peace of Jesus abides in you. The Holy Spirit abides in you. Nothing can stay in you unless you allow it. Come on, we are kings and priests unto our Lord. Come on, lift up your hands. Father, I pray for this congregation right now, and I command oppression to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Come on, go. Go every demonic attack of the mind, of the emotions. We command you to go. We plead the blood right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free. Free, be free, be free, be full of joy and gladness, be full of peace.